0: Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 102. The Amateur Skeptics is a proud member of the Dumbass Media Network. Empire. Yes, Empire. Empire. However you want to put it. That's right. He's a proud member of the Dumbass Media Empire. I keep forgetting to say that. And uh, I'd like to... Okay. Give me a second here, peanut gallery. I'd like to welcome to the podcast. He's an expert in flea husbandry, the dumbass himself.
1: And I will also be your cunning linguist for the night.
0: And I'd also, I'd also like to invite to the podcast Mac, who insists he doesn't have a husband. Wink, I don't. Wink, nod, nod. I've hey, I
2: thought a, you guys got gay married already. I've got a
0: bird that owns me. <laughs> and Terry, who's not into husbandry,
2: not animal husbandry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and of course, Ian, who is in, he is an expert in Muppet husbandry.
3: Hey, you're the one that was doing the fucking show at the Kermit at my house that day.
0: Thought we weren't going to talk about that. How is everybody doing this evening?
2: I'm doing, doing great. all right.
0: Sorry, Terry. <laughs> well, I, I, you, you, so we've got an interesting thing going on here that we've tried to add some complexity to the podcast because we weren't technically challenged enough. What we've done... You see, is we've got three of us that are all in the same room, and then two people Skyped in just to make things just that much more difficult.
2: So is complexity code for Clusterfuck?
0: Yes, it is. Absolutely. Yes. You know, that's the problem with technologies. Anytime and you and there's complexity, absolutely
1: no point behind it either, because the, the listeners aren't going to really notice too much.
0: Exactly. Well, I mean, except for, like, the, the there's there's a lag when we're talking to you guys, but there's no lag when we're talking to each other.
2: And Terry's feeding us dinner, so hey.
0: Terry <laughs> put out quite the spread for
2: I just made dinner and made extra. Uh
0: (laughs) All right. Well, I mean, we've got a, we've got a great show um, for you tonight. We're going to, we're going to talk about marijuana. Why not? Because we're in Colorado, right? Um, We're going to talk about um, uh, gay fan fiction. Um, we're, we're going to talk about, uh, Kunolingus because we're just that kind of podcast. Uh, and we, and of course we're going to talk about birds because we just can't not, it seems like. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so, and then we've got the other stuff if we get to it. So let's, uh, let's see what happens, but, uh, we're going to get started with, uh, Ian wants to talk to us about, about marijuana, of course.
3: Well, actually i found kind of, you know. I don't know how many people know, although most of the world does by now. Uh, Colorado is technically the first state of the United States to legalize pot. Recreational use pot. Uh, with Washington following just hours behind. Although we're the first ones to actually have, um, all the laws in place to actually start s- selling it. So, um, here in Colorado, it is actually legal to sell pot. Apparently it's been huge. I, you know. Uh, Ian, are you high right now?
2: Oh, I don't know. Terry, did you put something in this chili? I did not. I have not been to a dispensary yet. I'm dying uh, to go, though.
3: We'll take your word for it. So I'm, I'm, I'm drinking most of a beer, but I don't think it buzzed. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, it's been, a, you know, all the, the dispensaries have been op- open for less than a month and it is a multi-million dollar thing. It was huge. They were selling out a product and it, you know, was a big, Anyways, um, yesterday, Dana Kane, she is, um, what she does is local, uh, events. She, she plans events. I've met her. I know her. She's actually, an um, interesting character. But a few years ago, she started the Denver County Fair. And the Denver County Fair, the idea was to do kind of a typical county fair, but with the feel of Denver. You know, instead of it all being farm stuff. Um, I, I've been the last couple of years and I hung out in the Geek Pavilion with the sci-fi stuff. Um, but the idea was, you know, what does a community like Denver really have? And so you go there and you kind of celebrate it all. Well, this morning, see, put out the announcement that this year there will be marijuana contests. And, you know, the Denver Conference has your typical stuff. It had, you know, um, plant growing contests, animals, pie baking, things like that. Uh, it had, um... Custom beers, you know, if, if, you, if you do home brews, they had contests for that, things like that. So this year, the pot actually fits, especially with what's going on. And there will be nine categories, including live plants and clones, contests of marijuana-infused brownies and savory foods, homemade bongs, homemade roach clips, and clothing and fabric made with hemp. I
4: see um, there's a live joint rolling contest, too. I see that, and all I can think of is that Shell Silverstein poem, <laughs> The Great Smoke Off.
3: Now... There won't be any marijuana at the fairgrounds, and judging will be done off-site. But
0: what are they judging for? Like how the plant looks, the size of plant, or just how much THC they're able to breed into the plant?
3: <laughs> don't see technical stuff on here, no. but
2: well, how do you judge pumpkins and stuff like that? It's probably similar, huh?
0: I don't know. It depends. You know, it depends on what type of pumpkin. Like those, like those huge pumpkins, those thousand-pound pumpkins. It's strictly weight, right? Yeah. But so.
1: But, Although you know, it seems to me, if things, you're going to so say might... that marijuana is okay for the fairgrounds, just go all the way and say it's okay to have it at the fairgrounds. I mean, uh, if you if you had, like, a beer contest, you'd actually have, like, the beer at the fairground.
3: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but well, the laws with the pot are a bit more strict. So, you know, they have to obviously still follow the um, actual laws for the County of Denver regarding this. So, but... um. You know, it's a new thing. So my guess is the people who are going to be judging will be the ones to start inventing exactly what the criteria is to judge them by.
0: All right. Well, there we go. <laughs> so it
3: sounds like the judging for this will definitely be a party.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the mo, there's more interesting stuff actually going on with how they're dealing, dealing with the marijuana, how to, how to implement this and to do it so that, you know, you know, testing for people driving out of the influence and stuff like that. So it's been a, it's been a technical hurdle for the, to make this all happen, but. They they oh. have um, come and up with solutions to just about everything.
4: Add that to the fact, though, that a very very large percentage of the people who were lined up waiting for the uh, opening bell on the on the pot being legal to sell were out-of-state people so we've got a huge huge industry going on in in pot tourism
2: well the cities that have figured it out do the city of aurora has been dragging their feet because they don't they don't have the regulations in place they're not sure how to regulate it so um meanwhile we're watching denver city of denver just rake in the tax revenues
0: right yeah denver is doing that and that'll
3: be one thing whatever we do will kind of be the um playground you know we're starting it off and everyone's gonna be watching us see how it's done and more than likely you know i i Don't see it stopping, you know, Uh, within probably next decade, more and more states will join and they will
2: look at what you did here as the basis of where to start from. Well, and I think it's the tax revenue that's going to drive that. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: Well, but remember that that tax revenue is specifically for schools. But is that a general fund for the schools or does Denver get to keep that money?
2: yeah I don't know if it's for statewide or city specific
0: yes yeah see, I don't know because one of the one of the issues that I have is like Salida has is opting out right well, then screw them, they shouldn't get any tax money, but yet on the other hand, I don't want their schools to fail, and they do need the money, so it's right. a quandary right. so So there, there is still a lot of issues to hammer out and how the, how the taxes work. And, and I think eventually all these towns will come around, right? But it, but right now, but maybe, you know, with like what you're saying, getting the regulations in place and everything, maybe it is too much of a hurdle for Salida right at the moment, but maybe they can just copy somebody else's once it's working. And, and Denver's is, is working, you know, at least as far as we can tell.
2: Yeah. If Denver invents the wheel, maybe other places don't have to reinvent it.
0: Right. But one of the fears is that it, it, because the, the legal pot is cheaper. Um, but they, they don't want it to become so cheap that it makes it so, so that they can, um, if it, depending on how far it gets below the black market price, people can buy it here and then dump it in New York or someplace right. like that. And so there's some fears there about how that's going to work, you know, regulating, because now, now you've got this black market industry that can feed off of this legal industry. So there's other issues there too. So, so, I mean, so as uh, it, interesting as it is, to you know, that we're going to be having a pot, you know, judging contest, it, it's far more interesting, um, the legal ramifications. Applications and technical menu, um, you know technical. uh, Anyway, however, they have to figure out how to make all of this work. That and and to me, that's far more interesting than uh, what they're doing at the fairgrounds.
4: You, uh, you guys do know that the uh, the Colorado pot is all U.S. pot. They don't allow Mexican pot.
0: Seriously, is there there a pun here? No, it's
4: serious. I'm being serious. Well, they're they're making they're making they're trying to make absolutely certain that right. what they've got is all locally grown, not being smuggled up from all the border.
0: Listen, I, I, I prefer all American, you know, marijuana when I'm wrapping myself in a flag.
4: I know you're regular Stephen
5: Colbert. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright, well then we better move on to. Can I masturbate
2: now?
5: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a, let's move on to the Masturbation Moment that is of course Sponsored by the Dumbass Media Empire
1: The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment Brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire The Dumbass Media Empire Bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves.
0: That's right. Okay, Terry, give us a show. That's right. So, 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 let, let, I, I'm so interested in gay fan fiction, Terry. Tell us all about it. So,
2: Jezebel has an article about Chinese women who risk going to prison in order to write gay fan fiction based on the BBC series Sherlock. From the article, Women in China really love their Sherlock slash fic, as do plenty of women in the U.S., England, France, Mexico, Brazil, South Africa, or pretty much anywhere else on the planet where people are able to watch the show. Shocking. It looks like women's sexuality is more complex than most cultures would care to admit. That's the end of the Jezebel
0: quote. So... And, and why wouldn't we want to admit that it's more complex?
2: Right, when you can just <laughs> stick to the patriarchy. The
0: <laughs> you know, the interesting thing, if you watch
1: um, Japanese anime, is that they often have, uh, they, they like to put in uh, a perverted female character in there who's always trying to, um, you know, get two guys together because she wants them to get into a boy-love relationship. Oh.
3: And just for listeners who don't know, Slash Fiction more or less started with Captain Kirk and Spock. <laughs> so it's old. It's been around for a long time.
1: I remember. Uh, oh, you know, uh, it, this this reminds me. I've heard that um, for uh, oh, what, what's the name of that? Supernatural. They have. Uh, they they like to put uh, the the Winchester brothers uh, in uh, I, I gay incestuous relationship, and they call it Wincest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And I know those well, remember who years ago. The I
4: was at the a, uh, Starcon in
1: Denver, and
4: one of the artists featured in the art gallery had a bunch of pictures of kirk and spock in that type of relationship um one of the ones that stuck in my mind was both of them dressed in leather and the uh spock saying captain is this disguise really necessary
2: <laughs> what's
0: oh go ahead brian oh no i was i was gonna say we we need we should go on we need to do a reading here of this next section um you know where sherlock is a virgin go for it terry <laughs> no,
2: I'm not
5: reading that
0: uh, do what uh, do i need to do it i'm
2: gonna go yeah you it. can go for it brian <laughs>
0: Sherlock is a virgin, no doubt. Holmes can feel the tension in his body. Oh no. Oh, that Malcro. Oh, that's Malcroft. It's his brother. It's his brother. His brother. Yeah. that's my I, right. re- I can get to the game. Holmes' get to the brother. Gang. Is- yes, yes. It- <laughs> <laughs> his hand gently cir- in a circular motion on Sherlock's thigh, trying each. Oh, trying-, oh, no. trying. to
3: ease each e- other's tight and. Well,
0: okay. this is this is a complete <laughs> fail, isn't it? <laughs>
2: Yeah, just,
4: really it, this is clearly not, uh, English is not the first language this was written in, I'm
0: thinking. No, no, I think you're probably yeah, right.
2: Yeah, it's the Google translation. Right, of the but, Chinese. you know,
0: let's do what everybody does and just jump to the end. He finally withdraws <laughs> from Sherlock's mouth. There we go. Because everybody jumps to the end, right? Does anybody, I mean, it's like, really? oh my God, they go on and on and on with these sex scenes. We just jump right to the end, right? Just me.
2: Everybody fast forwards. What's really That's interesting what the fast
4: about fast-forward on the PCRs 4?
2: <laughs> yeah, since the advent of BCRs. What I think is kind of interesting is it's young women writing a lot of this slash fiction and um, it's the way that the trend of young women exploring and redefining women's sexuality via fan fiction is totally out of sync with how society has tried to impose a specific kind of patriarchal sexuality on young women. I mean,
3: I recall reading something a while ago. Some woman was complaining about, um, you know, why do guys like the girl on girl stuff? I don't like guy on guy stuff.
2: And there were a lot of replies of women coming
3: What? No, I love the guy on guy thing. It's like, you know, it's. Here. It is out there,
2: but it's sometimes not been okay for women to say that they like right. that,
0: right? But haven't we put women's sexuality in a box for far too long, anyway? I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that this is emerging, but it's always been there, and women just haven't felt that been able to express themselves. But now, with you know, anonymity of the internet, with you know, oh, it's, it's,
3: it's breaking loose. I, yeah, yeah, it's look great. At the next one, the monster porn.
5: Oh, well, uh, you
0: know,
1: it's it, it seems me, kind uh, of it, to can, me it seems kind of strange that people find it confusing that uh, people like that either guys Guys would be interested in two girls, or girls might be interested in two guys. I mean, for me, uh, I like the uh, two girls thing, and for me, it's the thing is, I like seeing girls naked. I don't care much to see guys naked. I want to see two girls naked more than I want to see a, a guy and a girl naked.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Can I just insert something real quick?
0: Yeah, you the, insert uh, every are yeah. Get it in the right orifice, though.
4: Okay, I will get it right in there. I'll get it. I'll get it where it fits. If you just, you know, just oil it up for me. Um. Anyway. We use fun, lube One of the funniest here. scenes in the movie 40-Year-Old Virgin is he's watching a porno, and he's fast-forwarding through the sex scene so he can get to the plot.
2: Because it's not <laughs> accurate to the canon. He just can't stand right.
0: it. <laughs> well, I mean, what? I mean, women have porn, too. It just has a lot of more of that, what is that? that, what, is that what do you call it? Um, uh, talking. They like a lot more talking. I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> No, oh, Terry, 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 I, I Terry, Terry doesn't <laughs> well, agree. I raised an eyebrow. Uh, you, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not one. She raised two. No,
3: the the, the monster porn things actually. I, I've seen a few things on. There the, was the a big thing about the. Oh, are we
0: jumping to monster porn already? Well, if, are, if we're, we're not. With we the are. Seat, we're I don't know. I, listen, listen. We have a whole another section of 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 gay porn to read here.
2: <laughs> I have one small. I'll get through it quick though. Amanda Hess wrote a fascinating article covering gay fan fiction mm. involving the band One Direction. it's a great read that speaks to feminism the evolving sexual culture of young teens and the bigoted middle-aged olds who produce girl targeted content based on ancient mores the money shot is if guys can get turned on by two girls making out why can't it be the same for girls watching two guys slash opens the door for girls to experience love and sex in ways that previously only boys had been allowed as a free and fun experiment no judgment so carry on, Slash Fiction Writers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but we're, we're talking about the women's sexuality, and it's exploding in different ways. And we have the whole monster porn thing that is definitely has a, a strong female fan base. And people are making tons of money on Amazon doing um, independent, um, in- published stuff. And I remember the dinosaur porn stuff in a little while ago. There a whole big thing going on about dinosaur porn. And that never made any sense to me. The Bigfoot uh, see, stuff, I know like, there's
4: vampire stuff. Hell, we know there's vampire stuff. It's mainstream now. Yeah. We know there's werewolf stuff. that's getting mainstream.
3: Well, th- this is talking about the Bigfoot stuff. So that's yeah, what.
4: that one has that gotten me out of left field.
3: But um, <laughs> basically the stay-at-home mom is claiming that she brings in on a, a good month $30,000 and on a bad month $5,000. Uh, that doesn't sound like a bad month to me. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, I, after, you know, 50 shades of gray, it, 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 that maybe, maybe they actually can.
3: Yeah. Well, and, but Amazon apparently had a, um, due to the exposure of all this, Amazon apparently got a bit conservative and actually started to get a bit, um, touchy about what was out there. And so the, um, this author's, uh, like half her stuff vanished overnight and she had to start renaming stuff. So her, the, her book, Come for Bigfoot, C-U-M. See so had to rename "moan" for Bigfoot in order to get past that. <gasps> That's worse
0: somehow. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, Terry got interrupted there. Go ahead again, Terry again.
3: <laughs> I mean, but, <sighs> but really, it, it is that silly. The look, you know, with the small changes. But uh, 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 see, uh, I forget where she talks about. She talks about how apparently "come for Bigfoot" actually um was better than "moan for Bigfoot" because it, was, you know, something that I, I guess you know crossing the line really. Got the attention. Like I said the, this. I remember the whole the dinosaur point. I don't know if anyone's seen anything on the dinosaur point, But same type of stuff except for dinosaurs.
2: How the hell does that even work? It, it
3: doesn't make sense <laughs> to me. Um I, I've i read a few things on it, and So, you know, talking about, you know, the dinosaurs basically capture the girls
1: and mount them. <laughs>
0: it's, I, I don't I don't understand what, what the problem is I haven't is here. read
1: any dinosaur porn, but there's a, there's some interesting similar type of themes in a book by Christopher Moore called The Lust Lizard of Melancholy Cove. Mm-hmm. I remember that book. I've read that. I, um,
4: You know, on the subject of dinosaur porn, it is not unknown for iguanas to know when their owners are in, you know, basically the, the owner's time of the month if it's a female owner and to get really really interested. <laughs>
2: that doesn't make sense cuz she's not ovulating when she's having a period.
4: No, but they can they can smell that they can smell that the uh they can smell the pheromones and it just drives them crazy. Hmm. So
0: I I I I'm confused about Amazon's position here because man I there is a um an array of sex toys that I can buy off of their site so and so they're worried about you know racy book titles give me a break i i that well, something know, doesn't I, happen I, there. I,
1: I'm kind of uh, I'm a little put off by it, especially what some of the people are saying here. I'm not sure if I'm in the minority on this or not, but uh, there, some, some of them are, are saying like, oh, well, we don't please don't uh, lump us in with people who are like uh, writing about uh bestiality or about uh, rape porn or things like oh, that. And, That's and then I'm probably- like, you know, it, it, it's, it's all fiction. I don't care about that. I think that all all should be free game and people should mind their own business if they don't like it.
0: You know, that's, a, that's
4: that's probably what it is, though, is, it, is the fact that they're they're looking at this as being borderline bestiality, and that's why they're shying away
1: from it. Yeah, but I'm fine with all of that. You know, it, as long as it's just fiction, you know, whatever. You know, I, I of course, I don't recommend anybody actually do any actual bestiality, but fiction, I'm okay with that. Put as much fiction out there as you like.
0: You know, and the other problem with that is that I can go buy the John Holmes dildo. I mean, you want to talk—I mean, he, that thing makes horses jealous. <laughs>
4: Have you actually shown that to horses?
0: <laughs> Do you have – And of course, and have of course I should, uh,
4: have. you – is this anecdotal or is this scientifically
1: proven?
0: You listen, right. I got an – I to deep wrote the thing. I got pictures.
1: Okay. And I should reiterate here that uh, Amazon, of course, has every right in the world to regulate their uh, their books as they see fit. But sure. I, I think this is a huge mistake. I
2: One of you came up with the best word for this, and I can't remember now which one of you it was. What was it? Uh, Sasquasexual?
1: Oh, yes, it (laughs) Uh, was. I I said that. I didn't uh, didn't actually come up with that term. That came from uh, uh, an old uh, radio show here in Canada that we had called um, uh, Royal Canadian Air Force. And if I can find the clip of that, I'll share it with you, and you guys can put it in the episode.
0: All right. Very good.
1: And I, I asked if it was Sasquasexual or just a Yetishist
5: a <laughs> Yeah, <it's just laughs> yeah well, the
3: article. Um, one thing I really enjoyed are the um, various titles. Uh, Bigfoot did me from behind, and I liked it. Ah! Nice. <laughs> they got the horny leprechaun. But they are. All they all were, are. Are always
4: after his lucky charms.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's funny. Um, Brian, um, okay, what's what's name from the amateur scientist podcast? Brian. Uh,
4: Brian. Yeah. Waitano.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what would Brian Portano do? I know we can all well. Thompson, Terry's Brian Thompson. On, what who? Brian Thompson. Brian Thompson. Yeah, Brian Thompson. Yeah. He he did when one of his podcasts, he has a whole routine where he talked about getting molested by a yeti and it's hilarious. <laughs> Basically oh, he finds that the, he finds the yeti, he needs to use the toilet and the yeti is in there sitting on the toilet and the yeti then says, "Are oh, you in yeah, out?" <laughs> yeah, I did I listened to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So
5: well, I,
3: I just, there's a huge market for this stuff now, and I'm actually trying to figure out how I can tap into it. Although, as far as I can figure, I'm going to want to write under a female pseudonym because everything I've seen, it's the women writers that are
0: doing it. Right, but I so. guess I still wonder who's buying this stuff. Is it, is it men buying this stuff? I mean, and, and, you know, I, I just wonder who the market is, really.
2: It's people who like hair, evidently.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. That's right, the Bears Club. All right. I, All right. I
4: see they've got a picture in here of uh of Pan, but I, I think I don't know if that's intended to be serious or if it's satirical.
0: Does it matter? I
3: bet there's something out there with them. <laughs> I you look at you read through this article, look at the titles, look at everything they talk about, I can almost guarantee you someone has done something to Pan. Is it
2: Rule thirty-four that whatever you can think of they've made internet porn for? Probably,
0: it? probably. I mean somebody out there is a pansexual. Okay. <laughs>
4: Uh, uh, that was bad, Brian, but nobody even got my satirical one. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. The name on this author, Boffing Bigfoot by N.L. Probe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That may be nice. the best author's
1: name ever.
2: Ian, you'll have to come up with a better pseudonym than that. <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
1: So, Ian, uh, do you have a, a secret uh, pseudonym that you write uh uh, really weird porn for
0: <laughs> That's right. I'm working on it Harry <laughs> Schlom <laughs> All right, guys, are you ready to talk about nine reasons a man should never go down on a woman?
1: Fuck yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's go. I lo- I love this one. Um, don't you? I, I after after number six though, I got I kind of got the impression that maybe we're being poed here, but yeah, I still think so. I love it.
0: I don't know. This writer has done a whole bunch of other stuff, and but I mean, none of it's he's it, they're all fluff pieces. And but so okay, so they're this all guy, fluff pieces. They're all fluff. They're all fluffer <laughs> pieces. Yeah, I mean, none of is right. awesome. I'm yeah. just going to say that out. Okay. So basically, the, this guy, had, um, this, this gentleman, uh, was his Noah Gulliver.
2: That sounds like a pseudonym to me.
0: Well, it very well could be. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, he has put together nine reasons that a man should never perform kudalungus on a woman. And, uh, we don't need to say much more. We can jump right into his reasons. And, and the first one is HPV in women can cause throat cancer in men. Okay, and and albeit that is true, right? That that can happen. Yes, it causes cervical cancer in women. So if a woman has this, they don't want to be spreading it anyway. and Which is why they should get the vaccine. Is the which other. is why they should get the vaccine. Exactly. So I mean, so this and, one is preventable. In addition
4: to that, if you you can get, I believe you can actually get genital warts from HPV use, using uh, normal. Penis to vag- vaginal penetration. Well, so.
0: you probably should. I mean, if somebody and that's why we have condoms, we have dental dams. We have, we have we have ways that if this is not a partner that you're with all the time, that you can that you know that you can work around these things. That there are ways to protect yourselves. And that's what I really don't like about this is that yeah. yes, this is true, but we have ways to compensate for these problems. Yeah.
1: Can and I, and I think it? everybody knows that uh, sexual, um, like any sexual activity, carries a certain amount of risk with it. So you've always got that. Uh, in your mind, there, like they say, the only the absolutely safe sex is abstinence. But you know, if you're going to engage in it, you're an adult. You know the risks. Uh, you uh, know your partner. You you try to um, you, tr- you try to set it up right, but you can't completely uh, remove all of the risks.
0: All right. So that's why we use condoms. We use dental dams. We 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 have, we have. With there are there are. Ways to deal with this,
1: and
2: they're vaccinating boys now too because and, men are the yeah. reservoirs.
0: Exactly. They Exactly. That that was one of the, that kind of confused me right from the beginning. It's like, why are you just doing women? That makes no sense.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most of the arguments can transfer over
3: either way.
0: Okay. Exactly. Right. And so so here's the thing is that so okay so we, we know that that is is a potential you know cause, but once again we we're admitting that there is a you know that there is a certain amount of risk, and you know if you're engaging in these things you're you're aware of that and you're doing things to protect yourself hopefully right, but that's why we talk about comprehensive sex education. That's what really prevents all of these things is comprehensive sex education instead of abstinence only. You know, don't tell them anything. Um, the next one is other sexual diseases can be transferred, uh, can be spread to men. Okay, yes, we, we get that. But that it isn't just orally that those things get spread, right? That so can be it's spread kind of, by a kiss. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of this, bullshit.
4: This whole thing is just pretty much fear-mongering.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, very much. Well, but this is uh, – stay with me. We're coming to a climax. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next one, other diseases can be yeah. spread. Okay, yes. And once again, we know it. Yes, we've taught it. Yes, we get it. Disease can be spread through sex. Thank so you. So one,
2: two, and three are about the spread of disease. Exactly.
0: So, But here's the thing is that are, are, is it any better to say that you, um, I mean, it, it, is oral any worse than just sexual intercourse for any of those things? Really?
2: Well, and it speaks to the myth that vaginas are places. Exactly.
0: It really does. Right. And, and once again, stay with me. Um. So the next one. Uh, disease. Oh, yes. Okay. So, um, fecal matter for, uh, in a woman's vagina can be spread to a man. This one absolutely irritates me because number one, the anus is self-cleaning. It, it, you know, and if a woman is hygiene is good, this is really not an issue.
2: Y'all could shower together first. Well, there
0: you go. You could sh- Exactly. Right. So, it, it, I don't know. This one, this one drove me nuts because it's like, well, that's true. But if a woman is, is getting fecal matter in her vagina, she's going to be getting infections. Right. So wipe back, not forward. Thank you. Moving on. Disease. Yeah. Is this is more disease. Let's see. What is this? Oh yeah. Here, this one. This one. Other males' material remains in the vagina indefinitely. Matter.
2: They call it matter. Oh, and they don't define exactly what that means. Yeah.
0: Well, we know what that means. But regardless, once again, you know that stuff is either absorbed or extrude. The, the. But what they're claiming is that if you go down on a woman and she's had sex with with somebody else within the last month, according to this gentleman. You might be getting other men's semen in your mouth.
1: Oh, the horror! Oh,
0: Jesus, <laughs> awful!
1: Woo. And more of an X factor to that. I'm not even—I don't know if that's true or not, but it's uh, more I, of an X factor than anything else.
0: It's—it's it's not true. I mean, it, like I say, this—I mean, the, the sperm can only live for seven days, and the the woman's vagina cleans itself. It, you know, ex, extrudes that stuff. It cannot stay in there forever. It either gets absorbed or, or extruded. So, you know, the snot doesn't stay in my nose indefinitely either.
2: Where's the
1: next one? Okay, so... This one is my favorite.
2: This is my favorite, too.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, so the vagina is desensitized to penol, penis clitoral sex. To
2: penis-centric sex. Oh,
0: centric sex. I'm yeah. sorry. The clitoris okay.
1: was never meant to receive such a direct stimulation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is such bullshit. This is such bullshit because, number one, the penis never contacts the the clitoris. Never. It's the pelvis that contacts the clitoris. And in many ways, the pelvis is more important than the penis. The penis is just a guide to get you to the clitoris.
2: So the argument from final consequences is that I shouldn't touch my own clitoris because I will become desensitized. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, you know what? I think that this is true. If you're using a strong vibrator, right? You could probably become desensitized. In fact, I think women have.
2: If you suffer nerve damage, possibly. Uh, but
0: yeah, right. Okay, so yeah. So I, I think that, that there <laughs> there is some potential when you're using something as strong as a vibrator, but not a tongue. Probably not a
2: tongue. Maybe. Big and
4: tongue. isn't isn't uh, most of the sexuality going on in the brain anyway?
0: Uh, yeah that that's true. There's a lot of sexuality going on in the brain. yeah
4: anyway, you, okay, if you, if you thought that one was good, you clearly have not read number nine.
0: Well, exactly, but here now now we are completely off the rails now.
2: Yeah.
0: A woman will fall in love for fleeting reasons.
2: So you're gonna go down on her, she's gonna have an orgasm and she's gonna fall in love with you. That's
0: right, that's right, exactly. <laughs> But like, then it, happened,
1: it happens to me you know. all the time. She wants something better.
2: This speaks to the myth that only men can give women orgasm too. I just want to throw. Oh that out well, there. okay. I, I
0: wasn't even thinking about. that. I was thinking about how shallow are these women. You know? And and, and so and, – but you you have your choice. So, Well, you see, uh,
1: this, this writer doesn't buy into that myth that only men can give women orgasms, as we'll see a little later.
0: You know, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. I about
1: that. Yeah, exactly. Spoiler.
0: Yeah, so, so –
1: <laughs> I
4: think this graphic that they've got for all the different ones is also implying that only pirates go down on women. <laughs> that's my interpretation of
0: it. Right. right. So, and they they've all, you know, got the Jolly Rogers <laughs> –
3: so it's actually not a thong, that's a uh, iPad?
0: Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is, so once again, we can agree that this is absolutely ridiculous and, 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 so what? So you have your choice. A woman's either going to fall in love with you from getting oral orgasms or penetrative orgasms. There's no other reason for a woman to fall in love with you.
3: And this is going to fall out of love with you because I guess it's boring after Right, life. but the, the
0: problem here is that this, this really doesn't bode well for, you know, no sex and, till marriage because a woman you know, can you know, love you to sex. You till know how, you how
1: shallow women are. They, uh, they'll just f- fall in love with you because you gave them an orgasm. No other reason.
0: You know, that's really, you know, if you think about it, socially, that's more of a male thing than a female thing.
2: The money shot at the bottom, this is the argument. Thus, it's better to find a female who loves you for a substantial reason, such as your mind
1: or your penis. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's one line that makes me think that this is a Poe.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) you could be right. We could be being trolled here. Okay. Dominance in a a relationship will be lost. A successful relationship between a man and a woman features a man in a dominant role. Dominance is lost the moment a male gets on his knees to bow before a female and perform oral sex.
3: (laughs) You don't need to bow. just throw them on the bed. You're not really bowing down at So (laughs) you you can apparently
4: 69 impunity.
3: Yeah. There's quite a few ways to go down on a woman without having to bow down to
1: her.
0: Listen. If really what we're talking about dominance and, you know, in our whole relationship, it stems from the bedroom. Give me a break. (laughs) It starts at the wallet.
4: (laughs) That could be why this graphic, aside from the crimson skull and crossbone, appears to be in 50 shades of gray.
0: (laughs) All right. And our final reason, what we've all been waiting for. Come on,
3: bring us to the climax. Okay, I'll bring you to the climax. climax. That's
0: right. Okay, here we go. Cunilingus is a gateway drug to lesbianism.
1: (laughs) Yarr. Yarr, eh? Show me a lesbian, I'll show you a woman who has had too much cunilingus with a man. That's right. So, I mean, so.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Oh, this is yeah. So, so basically, the the idea is that if you're going down on a woman, man, she's gonna like that. But a woman can do it far better than a man ever could because she's got the parts, right? So she knows how, how to work them,
2: and she knows the dark secret: that vaginas are actually awesome but, places that are not scary and
0: dark <laughs> and icky at all.
4: But but wait a minute, wait a minute! Didn't chasing Amy teach us that that every lesbian just wants a good deep dicking?
0: Yeah, that's true. Yes, we did learn that from. I
4: I kind of now wish that. that
1: uh, Kimberly was here for this. Yeah, I know, exactly.
0: <laughs> so I, I kind of actually think that bet this that's is, how it
1: happened with Kimberly. I, she just got too much cunnilingus, and suddenly she turned over.
0: So here's the deal. If a, if a woman is not getting good cunnilingus from a man, it's a communication problem. He needs to listen, I mean, it, it, and she it, it, it needs it would even to direct. I a communication
1: problem with another woman because you know they say like, you, you'd say like a woman knows uh, a woman's body, but you know every woman is kind of different, and yeah. they like different things too. So you'd, you'd still have you'd have to communicate. The, the A woman wouldn't just naturally know the exact thing that another woman might like.
0: Right, I I, I, agree I agree completely. Yeah. So I so I so it is once again flawed reasoning. So there you go. There's nine reasons why a man should not perform cunnilingus on a woman.
2: Can we do the podcast and pirate talk next
0: time? <laughs>
4: <laughs> let's save that for next September.
0: All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to our creature feature where we're going to be discussing parrots in the news. Parrots
4: in the news. There was a whole bunch of parrot stories that just kind of hit right around the same time. Um, the first one on this list, the, the story, uh, first of all, a bunch of different, it was a cute enough story that a bunch of different media picked it up.
0: Yeah, what I thought was funny about it is that every one of them had a different bird, in, you know. Yeah,
4: and none of them were the correct bird.
0: Do you know which bird it was?
4: I think it was a Jardine's parrot based upon the description.
0: What's the description?
4: Um It's a green parrot with an orange patch on the head.
0: Well, that could also be an Amazon red-fronted parrot.
4: It could be a red-fronted Amazon um I, am not sure. It could be one of the two. Apparently, it's a pretty good talker.
0: Though. Uh, the, the Amazon is probably a better talker than the Jardine. Okay. Yep. But, but, um, but the Jardine can anyway, certainly the, do the, the, do the job.
4: The, uh, the story here is that a guy got pulled over. This is in Mexico. He got pulled over for, for a sobriety check. And before they could even check him, uh, a voice from the back of the car said, este borracho, meaning he's drunk. And they found out that it was his parrot. And the parrot appeared to be correct because he was, in fact, hammered. They tried to, you know, basically they called, uh, they called uh, not animal control, but some sort of a rescue to pick up the parrot, and they were going to take him to jail. But both the parrot and the man panicked, and so they ended up, he and the parrot both ended up spending the night in jail. <laughs> um, I, I found two things interesting of this. First of all was what we mentioned, which is the fact that every news source had a different graphic, and none of them were the correct bird. One of them had a macaw blue and gold macaw. This one that we're looking at here on HuffPost has a ring parakeet. And based upon the description, it was one of the two birds we were talking about. The other thing that I was interested in was how the bird would get that in context and pick that up as something to say. Uh, you know
0: what? Here's the thing. I, I, I do not believe for a second that it was in context. I think that's just something that the bird knows how to say that he was taught to say or he's heard people say a lot. And you he just happened random. to be saying it.
4: And he just happened to be he just happened to be saying it at a time when the guy was drunk. I,
0: I think so. Because
4: I mean, here's why I think it could have been in context. He probably hears it at places where the guy's drinking.
0: Well, that could be too. And you know what? The other thing that, that to point out is that both the birds, the, it, whether it's the Jardine or the Amazon, are smart enough to put those two together. So yeah. you could be right.
4: And, you know, it's, it's the same kind of thing. I mean, <clears throat> I've talked about the fact that my bird knows certain things in context. He recognizes certain things in context and uses things in
0: context. Sure. So... Well, and the, in the Jardine and the Amazon, um, are, are, are both, you know, have a little bit bigger brains. So you're, yeah, you, you, I mean, you could be on to something, but I mean, you would, that proving that would be difficult, but. It, it would could be. simply be Hever, um, the you know the uh, clever Hans response, in that the, he acts a certain way when he's drunk, and the bird responds. So maybe, so it could be that simple too.
5: Yeah, yeah, which is well, still and in probably, context
4: where he was drinking. He probably had the bird with him where he was drinking, and he was probably among friends. Yep, his friends may have been saying he's he's drunk. Bird picked it up. And of course, it was a cute trick at the time until
0: he got arrested. Well, he would have, you know, like the police said, they, they would, they were going to test him anyway, you know. It wasn't because of the bird. It was just, it was just amusing that the bird was saying it. Oh, yeah. So, and that's
4: why everybody's picked this up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next one, I, I titled this one about uh, the article about never letting your Kia insurance lapse. Yes. Because, uh, <laughs> You put I saw that you put a follow-up article talking about what Kia's actually are. I,
0: I did and the reason I did this is probably my favorite parrot in the world
4: oh yeah it, and they're it, not legal to have no I know but if I could if they're, it, yeah
0: they're, well, if I could have one yeah. of these you know they're. Uh,
4: the I think the only place they're actually legal right now first of all they are they present some problems because they are they require being in a flock of like three or more and if you get them in a flock of three or more there's no end to the damage that they can do to your
0: entire life. Well, uh, tell the story, and then I'll tell some, th- some of the things that I like really like about this parrot.
4: Okay. So, basically, this guy, this tourist in New Zealand, stopped to take some pictures. And while he's taking the pictures, somebody else, another tourist nearby, said, Hey, uh, that bird just took something out of your car. It turned out the bird had taken his wallet with $900 in it.
0: And this is typical of this parrot.
4: Oh, yeah. They are... They are... They have like absolutely no fear of mankind. They'll hang around cafes looking for coffee.
0: They they um, actually like humans. They're actually social birds. They actually, I mean, they actually like humans. They, this uh-huh. this uh, what and they
4: they see our behavior and they imitate a lot of our behavior. Well, I don't. There's I, stories about them um, like sampling people's drinks that have been left behind and dumping things that they don't think are safe, <laughs> like diet drinks. They dump.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, they are the world's only alpine parrot. Uh, which is why the ski resorts in New Zealand—they are a—they are a problem there because they will tear your car apart.
5: They—they
0: uh-huh. they say they say never in in in, uh, in Kia territory, never leave your you know never leave anything unguarded, including your car. So they—they they are a real pest. But the thing that they are—they are a clever bird. They—they they will certainly rival a cockatoo for um, their intelligence, for their ability to figure stuff out. They'll rival a crow for their ability to to figure stuff out. And this um, video that I put in here shows them, you know, figuring all this stuff out. It's very much like a cockatoo, but they might even be quicker than the cockatoo. Uh, you know, the umbrella cockatoo is really good. They use them for like um, you know, if they, like figuring out how to get into stuff and get out of cages. And I think that the the kia might even be better at it. They're an amazing bird, and they're the only parrot in the world that will attack um, attack mammals. They will attack goats and sheep, and they will kill goats and sheep.
4: You've got quite a beak on them. Uh, uh, I, the other thing I really loved about this article, the fact that they, they like three paragraphs down, he's talking about, he says when they were, when he reported this to the local police, the officer was very serious for the first few questions, and he said, do you mind if I just stop to
0: laugh? Which <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he like, yeah, it's funny, go ahead.
5: <laughs>
0: what can you say that the the he runs off with your wallet i mean you're lucky that's all he took
5: yes
4: all right so um next one here is about a parrot that basically beat the smoke alarm report it reported, started making a lot of noise and then the smoke alarm started going on afterwards so the, the parrot actually was not a well-liked bird in the house except by one person and you know she's hoping that people are going to be a lot more tolerant of the parrot now that now that it's actually saved the family. But, you know, it's a if 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 this is the correct parrot then we've got another ringneck here. It
0: is a ringneck and it even says so in the article that it's an Indian ringneck parrot ring Which means parrot.
4: he's yeah. got a real kind of a squeaky uh, a higher pitched register voice, yeah. kind of a squeaky voice. It would sound almost like a child's voice in some ways, but kind of a little bit more a uh, little bit more not nasal but maybe a little more little more metallic.
0: It's high pitched and chirpy. It's, I mean, it it's really
4: it's very high pitched yeah. and chirpy.
0: Yeah, but these are once again v- pretty smart birds, and they and they they're kind of one person birds, but they are, yeah, they, they, you know, they're difficult family birds, and a lot of these birds are difficult family birds. Why is that? Um, because they bond with one person, like, like Mm -hmm. the, the key parrots, you know, that they flock together, but the, um, like, um, especially the Amazons, they bond to one person. And if anybody else comes close that you know, there's jealousy issues and they can, they, they can be very aggressive. And these are big birds that we're talking about.
4: Oh yeah. With, and, and just to give you an example, I've got a small parrot, I've got a conure and he can generate about 15 pounds of force with his beak. That is easily enough to pop a human, a human pinky off at of a joint.
0: Sure. And I have a Jardines parrot and they are all beak. I mean, they, they, and when he's bitten me, I mean, they, it, it hurts when they, when they, mm. when they, when they go after you. And, and yeah. the Jardine, like a lot of these parrots that we're talking about, that they, they are, um, they're cantankerous. They are nippy. They are, yeah. um, you know, and they, 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 a lot of times like one person, you know, that and, that's the And person. to
4: clarify a point. Brian does not have a Jardine's parrot. A Jardine's parrot does, however, have Brian, <laughs> and a Conyer who lives in my house does have me.
0: Well, and I have and I have a little Conyer too. I have the green cheek. But and but the, you know what? That bird though is better because he likes the whole family. You know, he'll be out with me, and then he'll see somebody else, and he's done with me. He, he's on to somebody else. And so that's what's good about those little birds is they are extremely social, and and they like their whole flock. Whereas some of the, the bigger birds, and your amazons and stuff like that, they like their one person.
4: So, the next article I've got on this is about a, this is about a Quaker that left a, got away from a family home, and somebody else found the Quaker being pecked to death by seagulls and saved it. And I kind of feel bad for the person who, he basically had two different families that loved this bird, and they ended up ended up uh fighting over the bird, and of course, the bird went back to the original owners, because that's the way the law is going to go. But I kind of feel bad for the lady who saved the bird, and I hope that... You know, hopefully she'll get an experience with a bird like this herself at some point.
0: Yeah, well, and she can't get a Quaker, though.
4: No, you can't get a Quaker. Quakers are illegal in most places.
0: Because they have done very well at adapting to our climates, and uh, they do a lot of damage. And so they're an invasive species here in the U.S.,
2: so the fear is that they'll, they'll get loose and do damage to the environment. Well, or? they'll
0: get loose and then they'll, then, uh, you know, a flock will form. Enough of them got loose that there's flocks of them and they'll like well, all land. Where them.
4: they, where they flock and where they nest is usually on like, uh, electrical like, poles. Pa- yeah, electrical poles, power, power things. Yeah. And they'll, they will actually create large enough and complex enough nests that they can actually tear these electrical poles, parts of them off yeah. and cause Brownouts and things like that. Um, my brother has a Quaker, and they hang cords on the top of his cage, and he will weave these incredibly elaborate patterns of cords through the bars of his cage in in nesting behavior. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So, all
0: right, last one, Mac.
4: Last one. Um, I just thought this kind okay. was kind of interesting. This parrot got out in freezing temperatures, and they found it uh, the next day or two days later. A day and a night in the cold. And it was very cold. It was sheltering on a porch. But the fact that this is a tropical bird that managed to survive a day and a night in freezing temperatures is kind of impressive. I said they're going to clip her wings when they now that they've got her back, but clip wings is not always 100% sure. Does that prevent flight?
2: Is that what that's for?
4: The theory is that it prevents flight, but if you've got a bird with a large enough wingspan, even with clipped wings, they can still get some lift, particularly uh, in a breeze. Yeah. Sid's wings, uh, the cockatoo, his wings are pretty heavily clipped, and he can still fly about 15 feet in the house.
0: Yeah, they have a they have quite a wingspan. A cockatoo, they do.
2: Apropos of nothing, I saw three great blue herons and a bald eagle on my bike ride on Sunday.
0: That's awesome. That is very cool. Yeah. All right, we have the. Um, let's move on to uh, what the fuck are they thinking?
2: Culinary Anthropology. All right. I found some juicy clickbait on the Daily Mail. It's an article about a urine-drinking Hindu sect. Followers <laughs> believe that the urine of a virgin cow can cure all kinds of ailments. They claim health benefits for diabetes, cancer, tuberculosis, stomach pain, and baldness. They and also- appetite. <laughs> <Yeah>. that right <laughs> they also list beneficial <laughs> urine-derived products like toothpaste and bathing soaps. one follower claims that cow urine is the best medicine for every disease and the pictures in the video are just amazing in one image a dude and it's only dudes apparently is bent over filling his glass from the ass end of a cow what looks like her calf is lying on the ground next to her and my anecdotal experience milking actual cows leads me to believe that she is not a virgin cow her udder looks heavy as if she's currently giving milk and the calf looks relaxed not like a calf that's been separated from its mom so my guess is that it's her calf. So I thought Ooh, this was good just a- that.
1: that slut presenting herself as a virgin cow.
2: No kidding. <laughs> who, know, who knew? She's giving milk and there's this uh, calf. It, it could be, uh- Immaculate conception.
4: I- immaculate calception, yes. Immaculate.
0: There's nothing immaculate about cows. <laughs> They're dirty.
2: So I thought this was really oh, wait, weird.
4: Wait, immaculate cowception.
0: Immaculate? <laughs> Terrible.
2: I thought this oh. was weird because I'm an intolerant jerk and I did a quick <laughs> Google search of urine drinking in general, and came up with all kinds of homeopathic sites. This culinary ritual is evidently more common. Um, I put a link up to a site that advocates drinking one's own urine rather than the cow urine as the best medicine for every single disease. And it has science sounding language and testimonials and references to unsighted clinical trials. Its author refers to one's own urine as a living food. Ugh. It's not clear whether or not you have to be a virgin if you're going to drink your own urine, but... um yeah, I just thought it was really interesting. It's like another way that the alt med folks are trying to out alt each other.
0: Do you know about the show um, My Strange Addiction? Yes. Okay, so that. there's a woman that that went on that show who drinks her own pee. She lives in Colorado Springs, and they always bring on a friend later. You know that that you know is the one to come in that she's confessing to. The friend used to be a client of mine.
2: <laughs>
5: no way! Yes, way.
0: <laughs>
2: so you're one degree removed from I've, someone
0: who I drinks one, her own urine. I am oh. one degree removed from that. And and here's the thing: is that she is she has a whole YouTube site now dedicated to drinking her own urine. She got cancer and didn't want to go through regular treatment, and so she started drinking her own urine. Now I'm not sure exactly. If she's still alive, last I heard, last I heard she she was. But yes, yeah, she started drinking it because she got cancer. And she not only did she drink it, she would um, she would save it and she would wash her hair with it, and wash with it. I mean, it. Was, I mean, it was. I mean, she used her urine for everything, not a drop. Got, got got, wasted. Was- I,
4: I could see that as being a preventative measure, that you're not likely to get sick if you do that, because nobody will come near you. <laughs> well, but-
3: you have the guy in uh, was Iraq who hadn't bathed for 60 years, and he also smokes uh, animal feces, and he claims it's a health thing as well. It's like, he won't bathe because it makes him sick. and I mean, the pictures they have of this guy, he was... To me, it looks like. sick. <laughs>
0: well, it does take the oils off your skin.
3: Well, you know uh,
4: they actually did believe in the Middle Ages that a good, healthy stink was what kept, kept you from becoming sick.
2: Yeah Well, in Shakespeare, so, it refers to like um, wise women who check your urine for madness and things like that, carry the water to the wise woman, that
1: kind of thing. Yep. Well, it doesn't really surprise me that this happened in a Hindu cult too. Like they have so many cows in India. I mean, I, I went to India a few years back, and you know, just coming out of the house one day, uh, oh, look, there's a cow walking walking along right there, just watching us, and then walking away. You know, you have so so much of this resource there. You people are going to find something to do with them. I could think of things.
0: Well, and they think <laughs> they, they already—they already think the cow is sacred, right? So their urine must be sacred as well. So how could it not be healing?
4: I think the cow is sacred too, and tasty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, but what's interesting about this is that second link that you put up there, they talk about how, how you know, how medical science is finding this to be the case, but they never cite a single peer-reviewed published exactly. study, not a one.
2: There's a great testimonial, Mrs. So-and-so had cancer, yada, yada, yada. Yep,
0: it's yeah. all testimonials.
2: Well, I'm not going to start
0: drinking my own urine. It's good to know. Thanks.
4: <laughs> I, I'm going to throw this in here. I had a... Uh, I had a test that I had to do because they found, not the last time I was at the doctor, but like two visits ago, they found some sort of an irregularity when they did a protein test, and they made me do a 24-hour urine test. That was the most – it was one of the more unpleasant experiences of my life, having to save everything from a day and then take it back to the doctor so that they could tell me it was fine.
0: All right. Is this in one container, or do you have to do a different – It was in one container. Well, okay.
4: I, you know, not a bunch of mason jars like uh <laughs>
5: like Howard use. <Hughes. laughs> All right,
0: okay, so we got a couple of things that we can move on here too. Um I can do the Super Bowl scams, but there's there's nothing new there. Um Fortune teller, who, Ian, is that you? Yeah. Paxton, any fortune teller makes predictions. With
3: asparagus. With asparagus.
0: Okay, that that's good. And then um let's do the uh <clears throat> We should do the pregnant nurse story as well this time. So okay. let's do those two stories, and then we're going to call it okay. Good for the Night. Sounds good. Okay.
3: Okay, so fortune teller uses asparagus to prediction. So over the UK, um, the only asparamancer <laughs> and she's revealing her tips. Uh, her, her, she's uh, revealing her tips. <laughs> has revealed the tips she's received about the coming year. There will be a sad loss to the royal family, but there will also be a happy addition A major entertainment mogul will retire. England will be knocked out of the World Cup in the early stage. Politics in the Middle East will continue to raise concern. No way. Oh, no (laughs) way. (laughs) One political party leader will be dogged by turmoil and not recover. That never
5: happens.
3: (laughs) A storm this month will bring more misery to Britain. The weather in the Far East will deteriorate as the year progresses. A musical supergroup will split. (laughs) There will be a string of celebrity divorces. And she learned all this by taking asparagus and throwing it on the ground.
4: Okay. And her 11th prediction that uh, actually goes back (laughs) to the former article, which is that your pee will smell funny. (laughs) She didn't didn't list that one on
0: there. So, I mean, as usual, every single one of these is vague and unspecific, and every single one of them is a safe prediction. There is nothing specific here. And so the problem is, is that Each and every one of these will probably happen, but yet it isn't because she predicted them, it's because every single one of these is so vague that it's, that they, that they're bound to happen.
2: It's just easy to count hits if it happens well, anywhere right. that the weather changes. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. That's how that's, yeah. how, that's so, how these guys set themselves up. You know, at least Sylvia Brown, as douchey as she was, had the <laughs> balls to make specific wrong predictions.
3: Yes. You need to watch the video. The first video is her explaining her process. It's not very good. Sounds really kind of crappy. <laughs> the second video, however, is um, Russell Howard um, talking about it, and he does his own thing with it, and um, t- he looks at the way the Asparagus lands, and it says, Bullocks. <laughs>
0: How about this for a prediction? Someone in Seattle will get sick off of seafood. No way. Yeah, it's going to (laughs) happen.
4: You know, my concern here is I'm looking at her and I'm looking at what she's wearing. And this woman is clearly a Slytherin. (laughs) (laughs) I dare you to find me wrong on this.
2: I was thinking that I could dress up like she does. I have a big coat, and I could put a scarf on, and I could throw something on the ground. <laughs> I don't know what did it you can claim be. your fortune. I say some stuff. Get paid. <laughs>
0: well, this article, cousin, it, it seems like we're being pwned once again.
3: I think she's serious.
0: Really?
2: Uh, yeah. She hasn't well, never watched the video, Have so we checked them? her Twitter feed?
0: Dogs will do it doggy style. I predict that.
4: <laughs> have we checked her Twitter feed to see if see if the if there's a real person behind this or if it's just you know, you can usually tell with the Twitter feed if there's somebody who's actually behind
0: it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's enough of these people out here that it this could be, this could be real. Why not? She could really believe that she has some sort of portion design dollars. But I think that the idea of, of putting, uh, dressing Terry up like this and then getting her to do a uh, portion reading is, we should definitely do this. I definitely I think cast so.
2: coffee beans or something. That yes, way. yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: coffee coffee beans or grounds, either oh, way. Yeah, yeah really grounds. sounds like something that's been done. We Splat- splatter something. grounds on a plate and then do a reading that way. I'm on it. I'll Excellent. do it tomorrow morning. Uh, oh, you'll record it? You'll make the video? Excellent. This is good. Yeah, I think that we'll put it on the YouTube channel.
2: Probably God's wife could
0: do it. Right. Oh, yes, totally. <laughs> yes. All right. Pregnant nurse gets fired for not getting her flu vaccination.
2: A pregnant home health care nurse named Driana Breton has refused to get the flu vaccine in violation of her employer's policy, and she's been fired as a result. She works for a hospital-owned home health care agency, and the flu vaccine is mandatory throughout the hospital's facilities. Breton has suffered two miscarriages and understandably has a great deal of fear about the safety of her current pregnancy. Her employer requires a note from a doctor citing a medical reason for not having the vaccination. They refuse to accept the note from her midwife (laughs) citing vaccine safety concerns. She then got a note from an actual doctor who recommended against forcing her to get the vaccine, citing the extreme and increasing anxiety she was having about the safety of the vaccine. The hospital HR department refused to accept this note because in their view, extreme anxiety is not a mental, is not a medical condition, but they do grant vaccine exemptions for religious reasons. So what do y'all think?
0: I think it's. They well, if you grant, a, ex- if
1: you grant vaccine exemptions for religious reasons, I don't see why you shouldn't uh, grant vaccine exemptions for extreme anxiety. Yeah. 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 I, I, would I, ten- I think that if they're going to
4: grant for religious reasons, they should grant them for ethical reasons, too. If you're going to grant exemptions, you grant exemptions.
0: So, and the, but you do have to have some criteria that makes them uh, legal, but she could have, she could have easily just gone and got it in a religious exemption. That is so easy to do. I mean, yeah. you can just say, hey, listen, if vaccines are against my religion and you're done. Right, that there's there's no more. But she, but she tried, but she tried not to go down that route. She tried to get a medical reason, which is far harder. But this from a
2: non medical doctor, is, right?
0: But this yeah. is one of the the problems, the the hypocrisies of religion that it is um, it is speech that's given, you know, special privileges, and that is one of the ways in which it it gets that. I don't no, think they I, should. I
4: think that I think that they're afraid to maybe afraid to take on a religious reason because <laughs> a religion has got. A pretty wide following behind it, whereas a single person who probably managed to make herself kind of a pain in the butt wasn't going to be such a big thing.
0: Right. But my, my point this is that she tried to she tried to do this a legitimate way. She did. Right? And, she could, and she far easily could have just you know, claimed a religious exemption, which would have been far easier and never a question.
2: Problem number one was that she went to a midwife rather than an actual
5: right, okay, obstetrician. That, that is a problem.
0: And
2: right. the midwife is the one who raised the concerns about vaccine safety. And this is a vulnerable woman. I mean, I have had miscarriages and you are afraid of everything. Hmm, so she sure. was a vulnerable person. She went to someone who's not an actual doctor and then it just escalated.
4: Okay. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask this then. If she was, she'd had two miscarriages, she's feeling vulnerable. Why would she go with, was she under a doctor's care? And why would she go with the midnight midwife rather than the doctor who was caring for her in the first place?
2: So that's a really good question. And um, the, some... the
4: implication here is that the midwife was the one who was actually caring for
2: pregnancy. Right. And maybe she felt that the doctors hadn't been able to save her pregnancies before. Yeah.
1: And, and it it's goes awesome. to show too, like she, she's a nurse and it goes to show, I guess how poorly we're educating our nurses that yes. if they have such little face in um, common in uh, standard medical, uh, science.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point.
0: Yeah, no, and I, I agree with that. The, you know, the other problem, um, what was I going to say? I, the, my, I, I, as a, I, well, okay, yeah, that's where I wanted to go. As a, um, as somebody that might be in a hospital or in a doctor's office, can I refuse a nurse, a, a nurse that has not have a, had a few flu vaccines? Cause I don't want them near me.
2: That's a really good question. Yeah.
0: Right. So, sure. so here, so, I mean, ultimately, the reason that they require this, is is necessary. They need they need to know that their healthcare professionals are not spreading disease. Yeah. And it is right. too easy to spread the flu.
4: But that she's not going to get the flu from somebody that she's treating and carry it to somebody. That's Unless, exactly does,
3: right. uh, on the flu vaccine itself. It does acknowledge not having been tested in pregnant women. Acknowledge the animal tests either have not been done or the results are peripheral, and suggest suggest administering them to women who are pregnant or nursing only. If clearly needed, are so
0: right. So. But in her position, it is clearly needed, right? And the other thing is that I do think that, that there, I, I remember a study that's showing that women who had flu vaccinations had, had far fewer complications as well.
2: Well, Mark, Chris, lives.
4: is this is this Pennsylvania that we're looking at here? Or,
2: because
4: yeah. I've been looking, it's Elizabethtown, but they mention a Lancaster here, so I'm wondering if it's Pennsylvania.
3: Yeah, it All different. I'm
4: seeing here though is a bunch of townships which.
3: Yeah, it is Pennsylvania. Okay. It does say that. I
2: I had a thought. Um, Mark Chrislip of Science Based Medicine um, talks quite a bit about this, about the, f- the flu vaccine and how critical it is, and how many healthcare workers refuse it for baseless reasons.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah, and I think that he's the one that cited the study for pregnant women too.
2: And I'm recalling that with the H1N1 strain, uh, pregnant women are particularly vulnerable. That's the one that strikes young people and healthy healthy adults the hardest because we weren't ever exposed to it before, and pregnant women already have compromised lung capacity. So if you get that H1N1 and it attacks the lungs, then your yeah. your the outcomes are. Far. The, the
3: article talked about um, the vulnerability of women and their fetuses, you know, pregnant women, to the flu.
2: Right. And
3: so it, th- this is one of those things that goes back and forth, where you know what level is her rights compared to the you know everything else. And it, it, to me, this is one of the trickier ones we've had because I under you know she has this anxiety about it, and I don't think you know the anxiety part. You know, you force her to get shot. That's probably not a thing. I mean, you it know, seems like the, it's the anxiety against... is legitimate.
2: Yeah, it seems like it's discriminating against yeah. mental illness. Yeah,
3: she has a few legitimate fears. You know, overall, I I think she's overreacting, but that's my opinion. And you know, and I do, but at the same time, I do understand. Saying you're working at our hospital, we need safe flu. because You can't have it spreading.
0: So yeah. you know, it, have it, you it, had
4: a flu shot?
3: Yeah, this is one of the trickier ones. Out there.
0: But have you, as a patient, have you, I have want. You had a,
3: have you had a flu shot?
0: I have. Yes, I have. Okay. Ian, have you?
3: I haven't. Although, in person, I had the flu, you know, a month ago okay. when we did, I was on the last podcast. For the Dumbass,
4: flu shot, no flu shot. I've, I've had my flu shot this year. I have had no flu shot. Why not? Um, I just, I honestly just, when I looked at it, I thought that I would do, you know, I, I, I never see anybody. They can't give me sex.
0: It what doesn't does matter. I, you were, you <laughs> went to a doctor's <laughs> office and he would have been happy to give you a flu shot.
2: You go to the grocery store and the gas station and oh, yeah, places you, I like mean, that. Jeez! <laughs> and you were hanging out with uh-huh. me when I was. Well, first I was yeah, recovering from it.
4: Yeah, but so I think I'd had the flu for you too. So,
0: but we, it doesn't um, matter that this flu shot is good for three or four strains, depending on the one that you get.
2: Ian, why haven't you gotten it? Oh. Huh? Don't
0: have any good reasons, Oh my God! See, this is this is this is a problem because this is how flu gets spread. We cannot build a herd immunity if everybody doesn't get this. You think, well, I never see anybody, but that's <coughs> not true. There we go. See, no more. We're never doing this in person again. Never. No, but here's the thing: is that I'm at a particular risk because of my asthma. You know, yeah. flu is – I, I am in a high-risk category because of this. I
2: have asthma.
0: And so – and because the flu vaccine is not 100% effective, we need everybody to get it. And if you've had the flu this year, fine. You've had one of the three flus or four flus that's going around. Go get your damn flu shot so you don't get one of the other strains. I don't know. I and here's the thing is that I I if if my nurse doesn't have a flu shot, I want to be told that my nurse is not completely vaccinated because I want to refuse her. Because this I is a particular the, problem.
4: Uh, Andromeda strain or the blue triangle
0: flu. <laughs> I want my nurses to have Ebola. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Ebola you're in vaccinated. Colorado.
4: There's a pretty good chance that they're going to be wearing
0: one. No, but here's the thing is that how how do we, how do we deal with this if we have a if we have a nurse who doesn't have a flu shot? How do we deal with this?
2: I think the problem in this case and why it's so hard is that the hospital system she works for inconsistently
1: applies that.
0: Yeah, exactly. It is inconsistent. And giving religious exemptions for this kind of stuff is bullshit.
1: Yeah, your uh, your, religious, the, your religious opinion is just an opinion; shouldn't be treated any different than any other opinion.
0: Exactly. Yeah. But the I,
1: thing about the religious the
4: religious exemption, though, is they are they can be pretty much guaranteed that they're going to get a bunch of people campaigning against them if they don't honor the religious exemption, and that it's going to be something that's going to be something that's going to go to the liberties union and whatnot and whatever else. Right. So, so it's so a fear it's, reaction.
0: Well, exactly. And so, it's so a
4: fear. It's, it's a it's a legal fear. It's not a fear of. You know, it. it, But it all boils down to it. The sad thing is that they're applying their ethics unevenly. So, in other words, they're they're ethically bound to do this, but if they're afraid they're going to get sued for it, then their ethics go out the
0: window. Well, we need patients to refuse nurses that don't have flu shots. Yeah, I like that
2: idea.
0: Yeah, I I think that that is how we handle this. That you know, we ask if we're in the hospital, we ask, "Have you had a flu shot?"
2: Not just flu, but all the adult boosters. Yeah, have
0: you had all? Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think that the only way to fix this is for people to demand what the, what they need. What are they gonna say if you if you receive? It's like your nurse comes in. Have you had a flu shot? Nope, get out and don't come back. You know, I mean that that, that that's it. We're done.
2: It's so hard to feel empowered at the doctor's office. Oh
0: god, right. it's it's a yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, you got that damn robe on. Your ass is hanging out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It is it is difficult, but that I think that's the only way to fix this kind of stuff. Because you're right, we we'll never get around the religious exemption, and I do think that. She should have gotten her exemption based on emotional distress. But I she agree. should have, yeah, but she yeah. should have gone to a psychologist to get that doc, not no. from a midwife.
2: Yeah. Well, she went to an actual doctor who cited. So the difference is the midwife cited fear, vaccine safety concerns, which, yeah, bullshit. bullshit. But then the next, the actual doctor said psychological reasons. I think that's enough. <coughs> you don't give her yeah. the flu vaccine.
0: I want to hit one more story. I lied.
3: Okay. Hit it, baby.
0: The nurses getting a parliamentary, um.
4: You're talking nuns getting partial win?
0: Yeah. Um, and it isn't okay. a partial win. That's, that's what, the one of the things that pisses me off about that, about the title of this. But, um, this is from the religious world news. Uh, and it probably, came. I don't know where it came from. It's probably P or something. Um, so two courts in Colorado denied these, denied this, um, uh, group of, I, I guess it's a group of women. They say nuns. I, this group, um, uh, and, a, um, a stay from having to, um, uh to provide um pre uh prevental prevental pregnancy um contraceptive they they didn't want to provide contraception to to the the people that uh work for them and so it and i don't know what kind of group this is um which i find confusing but um they two courts in colorado refused that to give them a, a stay from this and the supreme court uh, sonia sotomayor gave them a stay now but this but it doesn't impact the case in any way they're just saying okay for right now fine we'll, we'll deal with this after after we take a look at the case because it because i believe it's going to the supreme court
2: and i think they specifically okay, well, said hold this, on a second here um
4: this is something out of washington and baltimore what are you mm. talking about with the Colorado Supreme
0: Court? Well, because it came through Colorado first. Ah, two courts in okay. Colorado. Um. That, and
2: then Saunderset or
0: SCOTUS. Yeah, that's on right. the Supreme Court. So, yeah, so, so, it's, this, why, I don't know, the, the article might be out of Washington, but the courts that denied this were from Colorado. Okay. So, and, and they were, um, at an appellate court and then two appellate courts, maybe? It, it, it doesn't matter. Um, the, here, here's the problem. That I have with this is that there is a there is space for an exemption for religious organizations, but those religious organizations have to be such as a church where everybody there presumably has the same faith. Where this exemption does not work is in a Catholic hospital or, or a hospital like this, because there, you know, those people aren't necessarily Catholics. They just happen to be working in a Catholic institution. So, so those places cannot get this exemption. So I don't, so I don't know what this group is. If it is just a group of nuns, theoretically, they could fill out the paperwork and get an exemption. They, they don't have to go through this whole process. So, the, so, and I don't have enough but information. I,
3: I think it's basically they want to hire people who aren't nuns to work for them, but they don't want to have to. Pay into it, and to me, it's kind of bothering me because some of this religious religious exemption stuff, saying okay, we don't want to have to pay for stuff we don't agree with. It's like, wait a minute, can we start doing that now?
2: Not only that, it limits <laughs> access. So you're a housekeeper or whatever, and you're on their health care. You get you as the employer decide whether yeah. they have access to health care. Right. But
3: it's, like M- Mike is I don't agree with a lot of the stuff the government's putting money into. Can I start saying, Hey, wait a minute, uh, I don't want to pay for that. Can I have my money back? Right, but No, we can't.
0: The other thing that is bullshit is that they're claiming that they have to pay for it, but the fact of the matter is, is that these health care plans are not going to be cheaper just because they exempt their people off of certain things. They're not going to get a, a yeah. deduction. It's for all that.
2: about limiting
3: access.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's about fair. limiting it's access.
3: Up to. I mean they're threatening to close all those stores. Did you see that? There's an article. Hobby Lobby is saying, "Well, we may just have to close all our stores let if we them. can't oh, get the boo-hoo. exception."
0: Let them. <laughs> let, let them close them because quite frankly, like, they, they don't know, they're terrible anyway.
3: None of these laws are forcing these women to use contraception or to, you know do any of this stuff. They're just saying we're going to make it so that if someone needs it you know, the health care will cover it, and you know it, it's not violating your rights to say someone else has the rights.
0: This is attack on women, and, and and all these things. I mean, we we see this over and over again. Whenever we have an issue that where somebody doesn't like a piece of health care, I guarantee you that it's attacking women. It's never it's never limiting men in any way, except for in this case, it might it might prevent uh, a man from getting a, a vasectomy.
1: But well, don't uh, you know it's the women who are the sluts? Well, That's right. right,
0: exactly, yeah. yeah. So more slut shaming, right? Uh, this is such bullshit. So, it, so theoretically, if everybody in that organization is, uh, I assume, Catholic because they're saying nuns, um, they should be able to file the paperwork for this. Now, if they are hiring people that are not of the same religious faith, they should not be able to limit their options. So, well, I, I really it, hope it's, that...
4: its It's all coming down to they're basically still trying to draw the line in the sand about contraception and life begins at conception. They're trying to draw a line in the sand, and they're trying to draw that line in the sand for
0: everybody. Great. So if I'm a homeopathist and I'm, and I have a practice, can I limit my health insurance to only cover homeopathy?
2: Or and anybody you hire who may or may not be a homeopathy yeah, participant exactly. can't get access to any other healthcare besides homeopathy.
0: Right. So that so this is the slippery slope, right? That 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 I think that we're heading down is that when we start giving these kinds of exemptions, it can be used in other ways.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, people. Yeah. Never yeah. And we got to be careful like here this? too, not to commit the slippery slope fallacy. When we say slippery slope, we mean that if you don't make distinctions between different types of things, that people are going to come in and it's going to creep, it and uh, yeah. that you, you're going to have no reason to explain exclude those people from that kind of thing not that one thing necessarily needs to another
3: well it's one of the arguments i often use with christians when they are fighting um, saying there doesn't need to be separation of church and state where christianity is like If we didn't keep the separation of church and state and keep you guys out, we wouldn't be able to keep every other religion out. If you guys started to creep in and force your religion views, it actually would make it easier for the Muslims and all these other people that you are against to do the exact same thing. And I don't want any of you doing that. So I want to keep everyone out.
0: Well, that's only because of equal access laws. If we get rid of that kind of stuff, I think the Christians can have their way. So, what if I'm a religious
2: group that worships sluts? Can I force all of my employees to use contraception
0: (laughs) and have multiple partners? I think. (laughs) Are you just dating one man? (laughs) Out.
2: out You must (laughs) use contraception. Make
3: sure (laughs) I see
0: the video of it next time. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa! Now you've gone over the line too far. Anyway, so I, I, I don't exactly understand all of the, um, ins and outs of this particular argument, but I, I do, I don't like it. Um, on, on a lot of grounds, and and once again, you know, it's punishing Planned Parenthood in a lot of ways. And you know what they say? What ten percent of what they do might be abortions. I thought it was low it as low as three. Less than 10. Yeah, it was less than 10. so ninety percent of what they do is is um is is services for women. You know, I mean, no, regular you're a
3: conservative politicians, then it's like ninety-seven.
4: Right, exactly. <laughs>
0: then it's the other opposite. So it's they... and among those services for women
4: is helping helping uh helping young women who are probably disadvantaged in some ways. Helping them care for a baby that they're going to have. Oh, they do.
0: Yeah. yeah, pregnancy yeah. help. Pregnancy. Exactly. Well, in, in some places, they're the only people that will provide a gynecologic gynecological exam. You know, and sometimes you you can't. You know, they're the only people providing those services that women need, and that's primi- uh, That's primarily what they're doing. But so they're getting hurt a lot by a lot of these laws.
2: So if you're pro life and you're hurting Planned Parenthood, where some women that might be her only access to screening for diseases like. AIDS. Is the gynecological exam she gets at Planned Parenthood? Mm-hmm. But you shut down Planned Parenthood, and women die because they yeah. have well, <laughs>
3: lack of access to. I, I still think the best way to reduce abortions is to start teaching comprehensive sexual education well, and making condoms easily available.
0: I, I think <laughs> that I think that we've shown that that actually works.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, so, so
0: much Terry, of the stuff. If of the- if women
4: die because of this, it's God's will.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah. there you go. And that that's part of the problem with that with this whole thing. I do tend to cut to the center of it. Yeah, so I, I, I'm tired of punishing women because they're women.
2: So the stay is just a stay to buy time for the courts to dis- to for it to go through the courts. A- exactly,
0: too. it's not even a partial win. It's, it's
2: not. It's not anything about merits of the case. No, or anything like that.
0: Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Not, it's and, about paper. And, and, and Sonia Sotomayor made that very clear that this has nothing to do with the merits of the case.
2: But the religious folks are claiming victory, right? Well,
0: because two courts said no, and the Supreme Court said yes.
2: The Supreme well, Court said, "Wait a minute."
0: Exactly. They said, "Well, okay, let, let's hold off on this." I mean, all they did is 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 say, "Wait till we hit." Wait till we look at this so they yeah they didn't they did not give this exemption on the merits of the case at all
2: right they just said we need to, a little time to work that, to exactly work
0: so so it's not even a partial win so that so it the whole uh the title pissed me
4: and the 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 big problem with one of the big problems with this this whole setup with religious organizations trying to avoid paying for contraception I think it was on an episode of Boston Legal where somebody had been denied contraception or like post rape contraception and had a child because of it
0: oh you mean the um after the morning after pill morning after pill yeah. correct
4: but specifically her situation is that she had been raped right, and she was taken to a Catholic hospital because oh, that yeah. was the closest place, and they denied her the morning after pill mm. on religious grounds,
0: yeah, and I have a huge problem with that.
2: Well, the Catholics are buying up all these hospital systems in order to do this, in order right. to abuse well, their power to pre- prevent good health care. So
0: when I went to caucus last time, there was a guy out front trying to get, um, uh, wanted us to, he had a bill, he had a thing that he wanted us to add to our plot. Well, um, have you guys ever, have you ever caucused in Colorado? No. So when you go, they the, um I've had each, strep to caucus in Colorado. So what they do is each um like Jeff Co and all them they 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 have a they have a platform for the Democratic Party and you go through and you and you vote on each piece um and you so you can you can say yes or no to each piece. He wanted us to add a piece into into the platform for all of you know, for Colorado. So what it does is it goes it goes from your um from your precinct and then it goes to the next level and the next level and then it's finalized at the na- you know at, at the state level and then the national level. Um, that's why Texas has their own that's slightly different from the National Republican Party as well. So that he wanted us to add a piece in that, that basically said that you know we, we wanted to give religious exemptions to contraception for you know Catholic hospitals and stuff like this. And his argument to me was that his employer was going to have to shut down, which is complete and utter bullshit because Colorado already has that on the books. They can't Catholic hospital cannot discriminate like that in Colorado already. So he Goodness. was, and I didn't know that at the time. So I, I, my, I just kept him busy so he couldn't talk to anybody else. Was was my whole, you know, stand out there and call him a bigot so that he can't talk to anybody else is what I basically did because I didn't want him talking to the people as they came up. Not that I thought that the that the Democrats would actually put that on their platform. It's like, are you kidding me? But I, but I, you know, so I, 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 you know, since he was out there, I was trying to prevent other people from being harassed. Does that sound better? That sounds you,
4: better. You you stood out there and talked to him because you didn't have a knife.
0: Because I didn't what
4: you didn't have a
2: knife.
0: <laughs> oh, because I didn't have a knife? Yeah. I wouldn't have stabbed the guy. I mean, he was a nice enough guy. He was just, you know, he, he just didn't know what he was talking about.
2: It's always a guy, isn't
0: it? It is always a guy. Well, there you go. Once again, it's it's not a woman out there saying, hey, will you limit my rights? <laughs>
2: right. Although some do, but yeah. Eh,
0: it, but they're much fewer.
2: And they're under the direction or the direct supervision of men who yeah, have told them there to There you
0: go, say. right? You know, it, it, yeah. there you go. Anything else, guys? Thanks for coming over. Yeah, it's been great. great. Alright, say goodnight, everybody.
4: Good night, everybody. Good night. The
0: well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at amateurskeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives 3.5 license. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Cannell. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash p-k-a-n-o-l. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash o-f-m-h-q. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraitry.